that we enjoy being on the land. So we'll take every opportunity to do that. And fire was my opportunity. <laughs> so, you know, it's either that or an office job. And I was like, I was really torn between the two. And then it was fire or modeling and I chose fire again. So, <laughs> um, but I think I grew up fish, salmon fishing. And so uh, being outdoors has always been a big deal in my life. Like we, we're not out on the land 24 seven, but when we do get out there, it's enjoyable. And that's where I want to be. Hey folks, and welcome to episode 29 of Life with Fire podcast the podcast that dives into how we interact with wildfire and explores how we can better coexist with it in the future. I'm your host, Amanda Monti, and today's episode is the first in a series about women in wildfire, which I somewhat accidentally uh, aligned with International Women's Day, which was a bit of a happy accident, but we're rolling with it. We're planning to have around five to six episodes in this series, and We're planning to release them on a bit more of a frequent posting schedule than the normal bi-weekly schedule that we usually follow. So keep an eye out for a new episode every week to week and a half moving forward into about May. Anyways, enough of housekeeping. Uh, Our first episode in this series is going to be with guest Celilo Miles. Celilo was featured recently in a Victoria's Secret ad and she was wearing Nomex and had a hard hat. And I actually went to the mall a few days ago to get new shoes and I like saw this ad at the Victoria's Secret store in the mall and I was like hold up what is happening here uh not very often that you see Nomex at the mall and especially in front of a Victoria's Secret store and when I got home that afternoon I actually saw a bunch about this um in a group I follow on Facebook called Wildfire Women and I read some of what they were talking about chatting about it you know how awesome it was to see this representation on a sort of national scale And a friend of mine reached out to me again, like within, I think, maybe a day of me seeing this ad and then seeing more about it on Facebook and was like, you should really talk to this woman. So anyway, I slid into her DMs. She was excited to chat. I was super excited that she was agreeing to chat with me. And our conversation is coming up in this episode. Uh, Celilo is not only a model, but also a wildland firefighter for the Nez Perce tribe, which she is a member of. She's also a student and was really just a delight to chat with. It was a really fun conversation. We laughed a lot. Um, and Celilo had a lot to say about being a woman in fire and about her background um, as a member of the Nez Perce tribe and kind of where she got her inspiration from to get into fire, which was essentially that her father was a firefighter and is now the natural resource director for her tribe. So super cool to hear her backstory and to hear how she juggles modeling with wildland fire, which is such a like wild (laughs) juxtaposition, I guess, of career choices. So anyway, I won't talk too much longer, but thank you guys for listening um, and sharing and all of that. And please continue to share. We'd also like to welcome any suggestions for women that you think should be featured on the podcast. Um, We're particularly interested in exploring just gender in wildfire, uh, diversity in wildland fire, especially, and also motherhood in wildland fire and how women can juggle motherhood and working in fire, which I don't know of a lot of women who do that, but we're really interested in exploring that topic. And we have a guest lined up to talk about that one, but we're definitely interested in hearing about other women who are also balancing both fire and being a mother. So please feel free to send any suggestions you might have for women who you'd be interested in hearing from on the show. And I look forward to diving into this topic and talking about some things that I generally don't see talked about. 
in the greater sort of media and wildland fire conversations I'm seeing. So happy to hear suggestions for topics and guests and really excited to dive into this. All right, before I bore you guys too much, let's hop into this episode with model student and indigenous firefighter Salilo Miles. Thanks for listening and we hope you dig this episode. Campaign came out on Valentine's Day and then I was I was like I was expecting some feedback from it and some responses but as a lot. <laughs> and so um you know it was like local newspapers and then some news channels and then it was nice to have like people from the fire world reach out and say hey I'm a wildland firefighter too so it was nice talking to like people from different areas and you know we end up talking about our seasons and how they go and yeah it's just a lot of fun. I love that. Uh, I love that like little connection you're making connections with folks in the off season like that like a time when you normally wouldn't be talking with other fire folks so that's really that's cool yeah I'm sure that's really it's just really exciting to see that representation on a national level and like to get that in front of like it's just a huge uh huge deal to get that in front of like a different audience audience yeah Yeah. and so like when Victoria's Secret told me to bring my fire gear I was like oh yeah I'm so excited (laughs) I mean because that's the work I'm most proud of like I used to model and so it was like I love modeling, like like that's my passion, but fire is like the work I love probably over modeling, you know, cause I'm with my tribe and then I'm, my sister's a firefighter too. And then my brother-in-law, so it's, it's nice. It's like a family ordeal. <laughs> that is so cool. Can you actually tell me a bit about your background? So obviously it sounded like you started in modeling when you were right out of high school and then you came yeah. back to Idaho. So I actually got scouted when I was 12 years old and then I signed when I was 13 or 14 years old and um, nothing really transpired, you know, being in Idaho, there's no market for modeling. And then you kind of need money to go live off in a city. And I'm like, I'm a teenager. I can't do that. I don't have anything. So I waited till after high school and then I would travel back and forth between New York and Idaho um, just for like a fashion week or so. I'd be like freelancing or I had an agency. And then I finally made the big move after my first fire season. Um, so 2016 was when I got my, my certification and started on my tribe's 20-man hand crew. And then after that, I was like, wow, I can do anything. So I was like, I moved to New York. <laughs> it was like one of those eye-opening things, like, okay, to the fire season, you know? And so I was like, I'll just move to New York. And I did. And, you know, it was kind of rough in New York. Um, when I first moved there, I was living on a cot be- bunk bed for like six months. And um, and then like six of the roommates and I, we got an apartment together and then I upgraded to a regular bunk bed. You know, so people think like modeling's all glamorous, but it's like when you really have zero resources in the industry, you kind of have to make do with what you have. And I so, so I think firefighting taught me that. I was like, all right, you have to be resourceful here and prioritize what you need to make it in the city and, and as a model. And that's what I did. And my mental health kind of went down a little bit. <laughs> you know, everything's an experience. So, um, and then, you know, my brother passed away and COVID hit and I, it was just time to leave the city. And my sister's like, we need some firefighters. And I was like, All right, I'm back in the game. And I jumped on the engine crew. Oh, so cool. It yeah. is amazing how empowering fire is. I think like anybody who listens to this podcast and has fought fire can relate to like, once you fight fire, you're like, I can do anything I yeah. feel like. Like you I've just like gotten beat down. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I said, you kind of feel invincible. You know, after you have like a really rough fire season, you're like, I made it through that. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I set my heart out to do. 
Yeah. And you think that like ended up reflecting in your modeling career a little bit, like in your ability to sort of like deal with the crap. <laughs> yeah. It's a, they're two totally different industries. And so, um, I don't know. You just have to be really adaptive. And with modeling, it's like, you're more adaptive, like with people and where with fire, you have to be adaptive, you know, with the elements around you, the weather, whatever. And then, you know, the people you work with, but it's a whole different level of modeling. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Wow, there can't be many folks out there who do both. This is amazing. Like yeah, what a blend. I couldn't choose one. I was like, you know what? I like both. So I'm just gonna hope I get to do both and I do. So <laughs> so cool. So what yeah. actually ultimately got you into fire? Was this what did fire have like a presence in your life when you were a kid? Did you guys do much burning or like were you did you talk about fire with maybe your parents or your grandparents? So my dad did fire when he was out of high school. He worked for the tribe. Um, and then he's the natural resource um, manager, the department manager. So my family's like kind of in that forestry and the natural resource field. Um, my sister started out of high school and she loved it so much. I'd see pick her up from her fire or the fire management um, place. And she'd be just so happy and off the wall talking about everything. And so when I saw that happiness, I was like, oh, maybe I should try it, you know, and I didn't think I could because I was like way scrawnier back then. <laughs> the only thing that could carry me are my legs, you know, I really had no upper body muscle. So, <laughs> um, but I, I just decided like, okay, I can do this. It was kind of pushing my boundaries. I had an office job at the time. And I was like, you know what, I need to do more. I'm only in my twenties and while my body's functioning, I'm going to do more. So <laughs> That's what kind of pushed me to get into fire is my sister and then just wanting to push boundaries. So. Yeah. And what kind of keeps you in it? It's been, I guess, six years, I guess, since you started or five years, uh, maybe. So this was, this is my, I'm going on my fourth season right oh, now. Fourth. Okay. Um, my sister's going on like nine or 10 right now, but I don't know. I think it's the family aspect. Mm -hmm. Like I, since I work for, I'm really grateful to work for my tribe so that like we, the community knows each other. Like, so everyone I work with, I either went to school with or our families know each other. We're like that interconnected. So I feel really safe working with um, my tribe and my family ultimately. And so it's just a lot of fun. And I don't know, I like going on, you know, new incidents or new fires and you meet new people and it's, you totally have to be adaptive and learn a whole new region and geographic area. So it's just a lot of fun. There's always room for growth. Oh, so cool. So with the Nez Perce 20 hand or 20 man crew, um, is that a primarily like a tribal crew or do you guys have uh, like an influx of other folks coming in every year? Um, so we don't have it anymore. It stopped in 2016. I think when the uh, government started making more requirements, like um, the health physical screenings, you know, people were like, ah, I don't want to deal with that because we already had to do like other stuff other screenings and so we haven't had a big input of like younger tribal members wanting to do that but it's open for non-tribal members as well so mm -hmm. yeah interesting so you guys do have an engine though yeah we like... have two engines yeah cool our district is really small that we mon we don't monitor the whole reservation we don't even monitor like one fourth of it so it's just the way the contracts are drawn up between you know the government and the states and how it all works Right. But it's right. nice because then we can just, we can leave district and go work on other fires. So there's upsides and downsides to that. Have you had opportunities to go out on some big fires the last few years? Um, yes. So my first 
when I got back on the engine crew, it was, um, I went to California, like happy campfire, or it's right on the border of Oregon and California. Ooh. That was my, like, it was fun. I liked it a lot. It was, I think I liked the weather there. I was like, oh, I could fight fire here all year. <laughs> you know, because when you get to like Idaho and Montana, Wyoming, you're like, oh, it might snow. It might, you know, rain yeah. or freezing tonight. And you're just like not ready for the chill. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. It was, Um, I think seeing like the change in like geographic region when you go to different fires, like how big they are in California. It's like really, it's insane. It's kind of scary. Truly, truly scary. Um, I think that you may be one of the first people in the history of wildland firefighting to be like, I like happy camp. (laughs) (laughs) I like the weather, but I didn't like, (laughs) that was my first like encounter with, what is that? Not poison ivy. Poison oak. I was like, what the heck? I'm just trying not to itch myself. That place is a nightmare. I've only, I've actually only ever heard about it. I've never been there, but I've been in Southern Oregon, which is very similar. And it's just so steep, so much poison oak, so many things in your, uh, yeah, I I have yet to go to happy camp though. So can you tell me maybe a bit more about like the presence of fire in your, in your life? Like, um, is this something that like you really grew up with? I know your dad, you said your dad was a firefighter when you were a kid. Yeah, I'm interested in that like connection to fire, like if it was very strong in your in your tribe. Well, like I think for most of the tribal members, we still like we when we're one of those tribes, we still have our treaty rights. So we can go to all usual and accustomed areas to hunt, fish, and gather. And um, so that kind of just rung with me. And I think it rings for a lot of Nespers tribal members that we enjoy being on the land. So we'll take every opportunity to do that. And fire was my opportunity. <laughs> so, you know, it's either that or an office job. And I was like. I was really torn between the two and then it was fire or modeling and I chose fire again so (laughs) um but I think I grew up fish salmon fishing and so uh, being outdoors has always been a big deal in my life like we we're not out on the land 24 7 but when we do get out there it's enjoyable and that's where I want to be um huckleberry picking and yeah just camping and being in my aboriginal homelands it's nice it's gorgeous here so Mm -hmm. And it's just nice because it's whole families coming together. It's not, you know, just two people going out alone. So it was, I grew up with a lot of my cousins and there's a lot of them. (laughs) It was just like one of those things you make great memories and you can't get that anywhere else. You know, you can joke around in the office, but you can't get that same kind of, I don't know, energy and experience that you do on the land. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's like, it's really quite unmatched, like the dynamic that you get when you're on a fire crew. Like that's my experience of the outdoors really. Like that's what it's to get that level of connection to the land is like really that, that experience has been really limited to fire for me. Like I've been like looking for that again since getting out of fire, but, but yeah, there's really no way to like mirror that dynamic and anything else that you do. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's a hard feeling to explain. Like, you know, you're working your ass off and then the fire, once it starts simmering down, you're like, oh, I can take a deep breath and you can actually enjoy the view. And yeah, it's nice. Chat Chat with folks and like have those conversations that you can like only really have in the woods. Like, I don't know what it is. I like, Uh, there's no like, um, and for me, it's nice as a woman because it's like, you know, when you go in society and people look at you, you're like, oh, you're a beautiful woman. You got to act a certain way, do certain things a certain way. And I'm like, uh, no. So fire, there's like no boundaries. You know, I get to just like no filters for anything. <laughs> so I can just, just have fun and be myself. And then I know my crew's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's nice. It's nice, you know, because I think as women, we have so many standards for ourselves, like the way we present ourselves and the way we talk and, you know, just society standards too. Like, yeah, it's changing and it's nice to see that women are coming into their own and they're taking control of their lives and they're, you know, taking control of their careers too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no greater... uh like going, going from modeling to fire, like that is such a huge bridge to gap, I guess, in terms of like how you're supposed to behave. Like, you know, when I would get off of fire seasons, I would like be blowing snot rockets in grocery store parking lots. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. So like actually be like in a very, like, in a, like a completely different industry as well. On top of that, so many like competing societal standards. Yeah. It was, it's kind of nice. Like, it's like, for me, firefighting is like taking your bra off. You're like, oh, I'm free, you know? <laughs> and then when I was modeling, I was like, oh, okay. I act like, because you kind of have to, like, you go into a casting, you have to, like, dress nice, be prepared, like, minimal makeup, just look natural. But, like, my natural is, like, a totally different rugged. And so I kind of had to, like, monitor everything when I was modeling. And, you know, I did, wasn't really able to speak freely and was fired. It's like one of those things, like if something's on my mind, I can say it and then the crew can listen and uh, I'll listen back to them. You know, it's like you get to have those open conversations that you can't have in a lot of other industries because you're so worried about how you're presenting it or how, what people will think of you. Mm-hmm. And have you felt really welcomed in the fire community, like uh, amongst your tribal members and then other people that you've met? Oh yeah, definitely. It's nice. Like I don't know. It's just a different kind of community. I think everyone's accepting of each other. You know, you're there to put in the work and you're there to enjoy, you know, learning and growing. And so when you meet other crews, it's kind of like they're coming from the same area. Everyone's coming from different walks of life. They have some people are students, some people are retired, some people are still have their day jobs, you know, so it's nice just meeting a variety of people. And then being able to have those conversations. So, but I feel welcome all the time. I'm, or if I don't, I just make myself welcome. I'm like, whatever, I'm here. <laughs> I'm one of those people, I make myself a permanent fixture. I'm like, all right, I'm here. So like with fire, like um, I'm seasonal. I didn't want to get past the grading fire calls. So I literally like was sleeping in the shop a couple of times and like on a foldable table. I was like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I adore that. Yeah. <laughs> I, adore I just didn't want to miss out on the action. I was like, I don't want to miss out because sometimes there's so much downtime, you know, like you're like, okay, when's it going to pop? When's it going to pop? And then I was like, all right, I'll just sleep here for the night and see if something pops. <laughs> I love that. That is yeah. me. That's an amazing energy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's a, that I'm glad you've had a positive experience. That's fantastic. Are you doing more modeling gigs at this point? Or are you like, you're, um, you're back in school? I'm back in school. So school's been my main focus. Like I'm 27 now and I was like, okay, it's time to be in school. I, you know, I'm fighting fire and that's seasonal work for me. And so I just kind of want to do more and push my boundaries mentally. Like, I mean, I can do it physically. Yeah. But your body starts breaking down. So it's time to like invest in my knowledge. (laughs) That's great. What are you looking at uh, or what program are you in? I'm studying communication right now through ASU. I'm going to transfer to U of I. I don't know what is. Yeah, I'm one of those people, like I make a decision. I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best decision. So I'm going to transfer while I'm still <laughs> fresh. Totally. Yeah, that's okay. I think everyone pr- probably struggles with that to some degree, like yeah, no, waffling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's really one of the, it's hard. Your education's hard. Like you don't know which school you want to go to, how it's going to impact you. So 
I just needed to put like my toes in the water and now I'm ready to jump in, you know? <laughs> totally. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I guess just to end what, like, how would you describe sort of, I guess the feeling that you had being able to like represent your tribe, but also women in wildland, like why you felt that was like kind of an important thing to do or. Yeah. Like, um, so when Victoria's Secret told me to like bring my fire gear, I was beyond excited, you know, cause like there's a lot of women in fire and they don't or won't ever get recognition for the work they're putting in on the land or, you know, anywhere. So it was nice to see that. Like, I wish my sister could have been with me because she's the one that got me started, but you know, she's always rooting me on and telling me to do more. So I just saw as an opportunity, like you can't pass this up, you know, you're, and I always feel like, you know, sometimes we're not doing enough, but you are doing enough when you're fighting fire, going to school and doing all these other things with your life. And so I don't know, it just felt good to represent my tribe. And then, um, it was like an empowering kind of moment. It was nice. And working behind the scenes with other models who were like, you know, they had disabilities, pregnant, and then Down syndromes. It was like a really welcoming environment. You know, before in the modeling industry, it wasn't as open as that. So it was just a great experience all around. I think if you're a woman in fire, just don't be afraid to like speak up for yourself. And then also, if you don't know something, just ask. Like when I first got back on the fire crew, I'm like, okay, I totally forgot how to sharpen tools, <laughs> you know, because I was modeling. So I was like, I had to like watch everyone. I'm like, all right, I'm doing it right. <laughs> and then also like, um, it, you know, just not being afraid to try new things in, in the fire world. So, you know, take those opportunities and just stick with it. Even if you're not the best at something, there's always room for growth. And that's why fire is a great industry to be in, mm -hmm. man or woman. Absolutely. It really, yeah. it's so empowering. And it really does, like I said earlier in the conversation, it really does make you feel like you can do anything like you're invincible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm like, you know, I'll let the guys do the chainsaw work. I'm not even certified to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever, but I'll just, you know, I like being a part of the team. And so it's nice to work for my tribe and it feels like we're family. So yeah, I look forward to seeing them all the time and, you know, I'll send them like group chats in the off season, just something crazy. It's just nice to have that connection with people from different walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. And to be like joined by this, like mutual love of fire, even though these folks can be in their forties or like literally 18, yeah. you know, like you just get to hang out with so many different, such a variety of people from so yeah. many different backgrounds. No, it's great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, pass it up for the world. <laughs> I'm so glad I joined. All right, folks, that's what we've got for you. Thank you for listening. And a reminder that this is just the first in our series on women in wildfire. So if you liked this episode, please share it with somebody else who might be interested and uh, definitely let the women in your life know that this series is happening, especially if they work in wildfire or if they're interested in working in wildfire. And as always, please continue uh, to not only share the podcast, but subscribe if you're interested. And we're always excited to see reviews. So if you have the opportunity, please take a few minutes to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or maybe shoot us an email if there are topics that you'd like to see covered that aren't being covered. We love hearing from you guys and we definitely want this podcast to reflect what our listeners are interested in hearing about. So definitely let us know. I'll put our email address in this episode's show notes. Also want to give a big thank you to Salilo for coming on the show and for sharing her experiences and background and perspective with us. That was super awesome and a super fun conversation.
Anyway, that's all we've got for you for this episode, and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks again for listening.